Well, what up, what up, what up, y'all? This is Ebony Dion here with another bonus episode, um, which is the series finale slash last episode of the Dear Mama docuseries that happened last night. I'm so sad for it to end, but it was it was good overall, the whole entire series. But, you know, I'm going to dive into that on why it was said a good ending to the series so starting it off in this episode um it was like um it showed like some it was like some footage of a Feeney she was going to speak at I think it was Clark Atlanta University it was a book um an autobiography which Jasmine Guy wrote for her which I did not know that um she wrote a book about a Feeney's life and she said also during that that Pac taught her not to run away because she expressed how at times she would basically run away from things that she didn't like whether it be problems or just whatever it was she didn't like she would always run away and Pac you know kind of taught her not to run away from those run away from those things and to face it head on which you know I applaud him on that um and then it started to go into when he was going to Vegas and his cousin she kind of let it be known because it was always insinuated that Pac was afraid of Suge and was scared to leave death row but the cousin was like nah it wasn't anything like that because she was saying two weeks prior to him going to Vegas he was on the phone with someone and was threatening death row you know because he wanted to get his master's but he wasn't scared of Suge. She made that plain and clear in some very colorful language <laughs> that I, I can't repeat. But, um, and also before going to Vegas, it's like he wanted to move his family out to LA with him so they could all be together. And they also talked about how Suge was doing everything he could to keep Pac, um, to keep him, keep him there, basically to keep him on to death row so he wouldn't leave which is hence why the Vegas thing happened um, because um, initially they were saying Tupac didn't want to go to the Vegas thing, but should, well, the fight in Vegas with Mike Tyson, but should kind of like guilt trip him into going to Vegas to go um, see the fight. And it also kind of dove into Mike Tyson a little bit, which I was kind of like surprised. They kind of took that turn a little. So, you know, they gave, well, not they, but Mike, he kind of, he kind of gave like a little brief summary of like his background and how he got into boxing and fighting like you know kind of what we know he was bullied and you know somebody a bully killed one of his pigeons and you know he fought him and I guess he said after that he got addicted to fighting and how he got off on violence and he said he was different from Pac because with him even though he felt bad with saying that he said with him like prison he said in prison he would thrive but Pac was different he was a good guy it wasn't he wasn't like that on that type of level which I agree with and it was after he had won the fight and they were talking about how Pac had you know he was like hype basically he was supercharged up from the fight um I guess with just the energy and everything and you know, someone from the death row entourage pointed out this guy named Orlando Anderson and basically said that he was um, 
he was like a crip and he stole a death row chain from somebody from you know the death row entourage and Pac was like oh him what because we all know how Pac is about loyalty and being down and then that's when the infamous fight happened um in that lobby in the hotel prior to him getting shot and they showed a little bit of the footage from that and I'm trying to guess if this was either his cousin or Feeney or Glow talking about how when they saw the footage that they were like they always cringe when they watch it because they realize like that's not him and that and that basically he got caught up in the hype because he wasn't like a gangster he wasn't the one to like instigate or start fights so it was like why was he doing that in the first place and then this is a little bit they talk about it was a little bit after that they talked about the shooting and how the family found out so you know the cousin and that was with them because she was with the cousin she was with Pac and Kidata was there as we know and you know the family they were on the way um some of them on the way to LA because they you know moving and basically all of them were stunned when they heard the news that he got shot because you know he got shot in New York um not too long before that and then some some of them thought that possibly like the some of the people in the series they thought that maybe Orlando and you know his crew gang you know could have shot him could have found him you know shot him because of the fight because as we all know which is you know like a <laughs> which is crazy but it's like if you get beat down in a way and you know people Sometimes people can't go for that or they're like, oh, you know, that's like the highest level of disrespect. So they basically got to get their lick back in a way. So they felt that possibly might have been what had happened. Um, And then it kind of went in depth more on, I guess, just the family side of, you know, finding out he was shot and getting getting to the hospital because the cousin and Kidada, they were the first ones, I think, that went to the hospital and the cousin basically described that Kidara was like a wreck, which is understandable. And how when they got in the room where Tupac was at, he was like connected to tubes. Um, it was like tubes up his nose, up his nose, you know, down his throat. And then, you know, it was like machine that kept like beeping. And then, you know, Afini, I think she was in Atlanta still. So she got on like a flight and, you know, she basically, you know, got there as fast as she could and she even said herself that her mind basically wanted to shut down and not accept it like what the reality was like him getting shot again and they said that he was because some of these details I I don't think everybody knows like that or maybe it might just be me but they said he was um in a medically induced coma he had lost a lung and his ring finger was shot out like I didn't know like the explicit details of that you know um so that was kind of like surprising um just how graphic (laughs) and how you know how traumatic that was um to see him like that and then Snoop he came in he talked a little bit um he said that um when he got there Afini was basically telling Snoop and you know I guess like others that were there like to keep um to keep their spirits up because basically you know he can 
you know, sense that and, you know, he would want you to be, you know, your spirits to be up and not to be down or sad. So Snoop was like, he just went in there and um, was talking to him like, you know, they had just talked like yesterday or just like, you know, the homie and was like kind of reconciling with him in a sense about because as we know, they kind of weren't on good terms prior to him going to Vegas because of the whole interview he did about Biggie and Puff saying that, you know, he would work with them and thought they were dope and stuff like that. Um, and he kind of like um, talked to him through that, basically saying like that wasn't, you know, basically petty stuff to be fighting over. And, you know, hopefully, you know, he could, you know, he put it to the side basically and, you know, hopefully they were good. And they talked about how a little bit after the fact, because I think he had like, Pac had like, you know, multiple surgeries. But um, they tried to put him on dialysis. And I think they said whenever they hooked him up, he would like the basically the machine would like, you know, he would flatline and they had to like resuscitate, resuscitate him three times. And which was crazy because, like I said, he, he would stop breathing when he was hooked up to the dialysis machine. And then I guess that's when like a Feeney kind of came to the realization that he you know, he wasn't going to make it, uh, which was hard for her. But she said, you know, he was a free spirit and she rejoiced in letting him be free and, you know, asked him to let him go. And, you know, that was kind of that was kind of like a hard thing to watch to just her describing that on letting him go, um, knowing that, you know, he wasn't going to make it. And when I read this, they said it was a Feeney song. I thought it was like, I figured it was like some type of, it was either a song or just like an interlude. Maybe I just never knew. I didn't know the name of it, but from what I saw, they said it was called a Feeney song, but it was like playing in the background after she said that. And it was like a picture of him and basically paraphrasing and summing it up. He was telling um, his mom that he basically loved her and appreciated everything that she um, done for him and appreciated her as a whole and um, that he had done all the things that he had wanted to do and that he led a good life and that he isn't happy here and that if he died tonight, he'd be happy and that she was the world's greatest mom. Because I'm like, Alan Hughes and them know how to like... <laughs> They know how to get you in your feelings and stuff and pull on your heartstrings. Because I'm like, when that part came, I was like, okay, now. <laughs> and then that's when they showed, like, the footage um, or, like, the announcement of um, him passing away. And just seeing the reactions in, like, real time of what people were feeling that was waiting outside the hospitals. Like, you saw tears, like, disbelief from fans, people he knew, friends. Um and then when that happened, she, Glow, his aunt Glow, she talked about how she went to see him, went to see him, excuse me. And there was a boombox playing his music and all the machines were off. And that, she, you know, she touched him and kissed him and was telling him to fly. And um, she was also saying that after that, you know, Afini didn't want basically telling all of them, all the family, basically that she didn't want them to cry there 
or make any announcement like and then it was like footage of her like running to like a van and I guess so they could leave and just get out of the public eye and away from the media and all that and um and it was crazy which I didn't know this either that Death Row and Suge I guess they were trying to hold like a public memorial excuse me for him but they had to cancel it because they couldn't find a bigger venue to accommodate everybody that wanted to come which like attests to how many people he touched and how many people loved and cared about that man because I'm like you know they wanted to do a public memorial but they couldn't find a bigger venue especially back then like that was that says a lot and Eminem he talked for a little bit he talked about how he could you know why he became or how he was a Pac fan because he could relate to his music because you know his his dad wasn't there and the stuff that you know as we all know the stuff between like him and his mom and so he could relate to that on that level and he even said that he made music that made you want to cry which I agree <laughs> he got some songs that will bring out some tears <laughs> which I completely agree with for sure um and then they touched on Biggie's death that happened six months later after Pac and because they was talking about how the whole you know basically east coast west coast thing was you know I felt they were saying that that was kind of like a ploy or it was like a setup to like basically bring like us down or like the black community down I think it might have been Snoop or somebody along yeah Snoop that said he said basically like they didn't want us together so they wanted to tear they wanted to tear us down or tear down like their basically their label or just their being as a whole with like because of their influence and the positivity they were trying to spread you know as far as like certain artists and just trying to do right and have things be better for the people and then even Snoop said he said only that it'll only be better or it can only get better when we move as one and you know they can't stop that if that's the case so I was like all right Snoop dropping some gems and I think her sister Glow she was also saying like basically after Tupac's death that they was calling the Feeney like non-stop to appear on talk shows and to do interviews and that basically she didn't have any time to grieve or mourn um Tupac's death but and then also just like the stuff with his financials and it's like coming to find out that Pac didn't um that Pac didn't own any of the things that he had owned and so her and her family moved to Sausalito and basically started fresh and anew there and um you know Afini because she was talking to somebody during an interview it was like an interview clip and she was saying how she was healing um going to therapy um and stuff like that but she had missed that she had missed him being here and just his presence and um even shock g he was saying also like that there was like a pain and sorrow um when he died but then there was also this like sigh of relief you know like things were calm because you know I guess he was at peace because you know all the thoughts that he had as far as Pac like his thoughts and stuff were silenced and I guess 
how he was feeling about, you know, things. And he, um, Shock G, talked about this small, like, memorial gathering that Afini put together. It was, I think he said 20 to 30 of their, like, closest friends and family that came to Malibu Beach. And um, there was, like, a fire, like a bonfire. He said there was drums and they had gifts and they was throwing, like, <laughs> which is funny to hear. He's like, they was throwing, like, chicken wings and Hennessy and pictures like his favorite pictures um jewelry all that into the ocean he said it was like freezing cold I guess that night but he said Afini she like basically went out into the middle of the um in the ocean and you know dumped his ashes and um this is the part that kind of got me because like I mentioned <laughs> a little bit in my um which I'll hear next week from my show I did today. Um, a girl got teary-eyed and cried a little bit again because <laughs> um, it was them talking about how, like, Afini, she was saying how, you know, because she said it was deep because she was saying, like, we're we're born or, like, thinking that we're not going to die when in actuality, like, that's what's going to happen and how... She talked about how Tupac kind of accepted that, even though she, you know, didn't want him to, you know, accept that like that at such a young age or like that. But, you know, he did. And basically she was saying how everyone has two dates, an entry point and an exit point. And um, she was saying, you know, even though she didn't like that, he accepted that. But, you know, he was it was, I guess, like comforting for her to know that, you know, he was okay to accept that, um, to accept death. Um, and then how, I think they, cause then I think they started playing. I ain't mad at you on top of it, like the music on top of the video. And we all know that song in that video is like, is like very triggering. Cause um, <laughs> it makes you feel a way because I think that video came out a little bit after he died. And I think what got me was her saying that on top of saying how artists are, you know, like steps ahead of the audience and the listeners. And I think Idi Amin, he was basically saying that um, basically he had plans. Like it was like, you know, no plan A, plan B it was like he had like plan A to plan E in a way like he was preparing us for what was going to happen. Like he knew that he wasn't going to be here long. And then I can't remember who said this, but basically saying that he died to get his message across and, you know, how he did prepare and had plans for his music and on top of hearing that and hearing the testimonies and then on top of um him it was like a, another clip an interview clip where he was saying that you know death you know because he understands why people are sad or mad when people die but he was saying basically death was like something not to be scared of or because it's like you're away from all the bad things on earth. He said, basically, you're like either a spirit, an angel, or just somewhere quiet and at peace. So he thought of death in that way. And then also when Snoop talked about how Pac, um, Pac, it was like, um, 
sometime in 96 before he died and him and his now wife current well then girlfriend um at the time had gotten into a fight and he he was on the plane with Pac and you know the whole death row crew and they was telling him yeah you know you can get any woman you want you snoop blah 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 and then Pac was like you know basically bump that don't listen to them like she loves you you love her and that he needed to marry her and then they showed the picture of him and his wife on their wedding day and um I think this also got me teary-eyed too was like um just because of what people were saying on top of them playing I ain't mad at you because I think Edie I mean was saying like he didn't you know he saw like having the kids that normal life for them but for him I guess he felt like he didn't see himself with you know having kids and being old or growing old to have grandkids you know like you know Idi Amin does now and then I think his former manager she talked about how you know he wouldn't or how he didn't live to see his life's work and you know him saying that his work his body of work will happen when he's not here anymore and I was like oh my gosh I'm like y'all just want me to cry because I just started tearing up I was like man and then I like I said I ain't mad at you didn't help either like because that song like it really tugs at your heartstrings um I was like okay I need to get it together (laughs) but then um they started talking about how like he had 400 songs in the vault which I'm like I'm kind of not surprised at because of all those albums that they put out after his death it was like 50 11 of them which I mean I enjoyed all of them but I'm like I knew he wrote like a whole bunch of songs in order for that to happen and how Afini spent five years fighting for the rights to those songs and that you know she bought I think she said 56 acres of land um and that she had wished that Tupac could have seen it or had like a place like this while he was here where he could have stood in the middle of the you know woods and the forest and scream yell throw things because I think she said something along the lines like he never had like a place of his or like none of them family wise as well had like a place like their own something no land of their own to like do what they wanted you know with and like have that permanent place you know that home that sanctuary in a way and um, they talked about how she opened the Tupac Amaru um, Shakur Center for like young kids, you know, probably at risk youth as well to help them um, teach them the th- same things that, you know, she taught him and just to, you know, help them out in a way so they can have and lead better lives, which I loved and appreciated learning. Um, I wonder if that center is still there because I would definitely go because I think she said it's in Stone Mountain, Georgia. Um, and then her family talking about how she rose to the occasion to take care of the business of her son, which I'm glad she did that and, you know, appreciated that because, you know, how people are, you know, like <laughs> when it comes to that, you know, they kind of like want to run it into the ground, but I'm glad she didn't. She just wanted like his legacy to, you know, live on. So I'm glad she took care of the business. And they talked about how his spirit and his music helped others and generations continues to do that, you know, even to this day. And they touched on, you know, the 2012 Coachella with 
the Tupac hologram and Dre talking about how, you know, over it was like 90,000 people there and they all went crazy. And I tell you this, when I saw that in real time, I was like, oh my God, it was just surreal because I couldn't believe what I was seeing because it almost, it's like we knew it was a hologram, but it felt like he was actually there. Like, even though that was kind of new back then as far as like holograms and performing holograms and stuff like that, but it was dope and it just gave you the sense of like him actually being there, which like I said, it was surreal exciting and creepy at the same time for me because I was like man that's realistic um in a way and you know I'll never forget that moment that was very dope you know uh, so I mean they didn't do that again but maybe because of, I don't know if it's because of how people reacted I don't know but um but yeah that was you know a dope moment in time and then um Mike talked about Mike Tyson talking about how children's soldiers in Africa were listening to you know his music over there which I remember seeing and they had on shirts you know with him on it and basically how Tupac was seen um as like a patron saint which he was still is I feel and Glow you know she almost got me teary-eyed again because she was saying how they had to go so they could tell their story and you know showing a clip of you know, a Fanny, you know, like multiple clips, like of her at, you know, with the kids at the center, talking to them along with like old, like stock footage of her being with the Pan- Panthers. Cause it was like a quote that stuck out with me, kind of like what was like a Panther saying in a way that you can kill a revolutionary, but not the revolution. And I'm trying to remember who said this, but it might have been Ray Love because he um, he said that she always had big wings and she covered her people. And this was like a ledge that somebody said this, that Pac when, you know, um, you know, the little picture, you know, that last photo. I forgot to mention that it was this publicist that when she saw like that infamous last photo of him and Suge in the car, she said basically that like tore her up. Because, you know, that's the last photo and just the look on his face and everything. Um, But somebody was saying even then when before he got shot or like when the shooting was happening, that Pac had covered Suge to protect him. And basically saying that this is like a family thing, you know, that they protect people and they protect their own. And... um, you know, they talked about, you know, when she passed, um, she passed away from a heart attack and Glow, because I think Alan asked Glow, was she at peace or had a peace of mind? And then Glow was like, no, basically she, she always kept it real. That's why I love Glow. But basically she was saying that she was in pain till the day that she died. Like there was no peace of mind for, um, for a Fanny. Um, which I can understand why, because, you know, when you lose, especially a child, like, I know that doesn't go away like that, per se. And, you know, it's, you know, always going to be some pain there because of it. Um, and how that Afeni did what she did or did what she had to do for Tupac and for the family and... It was like this last clip before it ended. It showed her, you know, it went back to when she was talking at CAU 
and she read an excerpt from the book and she started singing um this song and she was quoting how she was singing this song through the death of her son and the panther years and the healing of her daughter's spirit and realizing his dream you know Tupac's dream with the center and then it kind of like ended it off like that and then they rolled credits start playing until the end of time and that song kind of got me a little bit too even though I love it but that's another song and then I'm glad I waited because it was like right at the end or close to the end with it was like some unseen footage um it was like him when he was younger like a teenager and he was performing in front of I don't know if it was like an agency or just he was performing in front of these people I don't know if it was like an audition but um he was rapping I loved how they blended it because it's like they he was um rapping about you know youth and like the gun violence and us killing each other over the until the end of time beat and it went with it too which was crazy and just how deep that song was as young as he was because he was talking about you know the gun violence of course and then it was like this one part I remember him talking about abortion I was like oh my god and that's it's like that's why I'm like Alan Hughes knew what he was doing like because <laughs> that was so genius to put that at the end and do that over the end until the end of time beat and like just going to show how again like I I mentioned before just how special he was and how <laughs> maybe like this like they said like he probably wasn't meant to be here for like a long time and just he you know just all the stuff all, like they said the plans how he planned out how to release music when he passed away like oh if this happens release this like it was just crazy to think how many steps ahead he was and just just the whole thing but like this is why I like this series and why I this is from beginning to end it's like I fell in love with this because I was like religiously like 10 o'clock every Friday I'm like I'm sitting here I'm watching this <laughs> no interruptions don't interrupt me because just like just the storytelling and the pacing and just the production of it and the way they use the music to tell the story even further and to deepen like certain moments and it was just you know it was just crazy good like he knew what he was doing um alan hughes so i give all the flowers kudos to him um and i think like i mentioned before like he need to do he need to do like other um whether it be somebody that passed or is still alive he need to do like docu series for like artists cuz the way that he paced this and the way it was just the way that he did everything it was just spectacular so kudos all around i love this like i said i was sad that <laughs> you know of course that it ended but you know I, you know we all knew the outcome and you know, so I was like, uh, you know, but it was a good ending. I, you know, I enjoyed it through and through. Um, even with me getting a little emotional at times, <laughs> but, but, um, but yeah, I loved, I loved everything about it. 
and definitely can't wait to see you know what he does next if he does you know docuseries if that's gonna be a part of his thing now um but yeah I loved it you know and like I said always just thinking about like the what ifs like what if he was still here what would he be talking about what he would he be doing would he um would he still be making music would he be just like a full-blown actor would he be directing stuff writing stuff like scripts producing stuff like I feel like with him the sky would have been the limit because of how creative he was and just the topics that he wanted to talk about or that he talked about and stuff that he was saying and definitely with you know just I think I might have mentioned this before. I don't know. But definitely with like just the Black Lives Matter and the social injustice stuff, I feel like he would have felt like fit right into that. And he would have been like a force for sure with like the movement and like doing stuff for the community and, you know, trying to figure stuff out and advocate and all that. So, you know, it's a lot of what ifs and possibilities, you know, that could have happened, you know, but you know we still got the music you know his legacy still lives on his music is forever timeless <laughs> so as long as we do that like Afeni was doing keeping his spirit alive keeping the music and all that alive and you know his his um his influence then we good we straight the generations after will be straight <laughs> so we still got a long way to go as far as certain things within our community and just, you know, all that. But, you know, we we going to get there. I feel we're going to get there. But, you know, it's the end of my spiel. And, you know, sadly, the end of the bonus episodes for now until something <laughs> like another docuseries um, or something of that sort comes up. But I enjoyed doing this. This was kind of fun um, to do in between just posting my regular shows to talk about, you know, the docuseries talk about Tupac because he's one of my faves so I love doing that so I might you know do this again um when something else comes up but thank you guys for you know listening and tuning in um and then make sure y'all um tune in for next week um when you know the regular episode drops from the show so you know until next time this is Ebony Dion holla if you hear me